All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live. The day is Thursday, February 8th. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. He's our Daily Faceoff insider, Frank Saravalli, who was up all night cranking out a new trade targets list. We'll have more on that in a little bit. As always, the show is streaming on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. If you're in looking for some inbox questions, send them in. We're also brought to you by Patano. The game starts now at patano.ca. Frank, new trade targets, big day. Big day, seven new names on the board. We'll get through those and a new number one after... Three guys inside the top 10 were moved in the last week. Yeah, lots going on exactly one month until the NHL trade deadlines. We'll save the trade stuff for a little bit later on in the show, and we will start with just some damn unfortunate injury news last night out of Tampa Bay. After missing 17 games with a lower body injury, Mikhail Sergachev made his return, and it was short-lived as the defenseman was stretched off the ice during last night's matchup with the New York Rangers. And Sergachev, after the game, posting on his Instagram, oh, some pretty disappointing stuff, Frank. And I mean, you're, you're wincing watching the replay. It really, really doesn't look good. And Sergachev talking about, why me? Why now? He also had the line, the universe is unpredictable, I guess, has its own plans, but fuck the universe, man. Uh, you really feel for Sergachev here. Yeah, there were some wild parts in this raw uh, post from Mikhail Sergachev. Pain meds are good, though. If I was in the forest by myself, I'd be dead. Crazy, isn't it? Um, it's uh, certainly just unfortunate for the Lightning, and I think big picture, really what it makes you wonder is 
Sergachev was a huge part of him coming back, was a huge part of their plan to get back in and be a firm playoff team. And now for a team that was already on the market for a defenseman with Sergachev in the lineup, what does this do to their deadline plans? And more to the point, does it potentially put a nail in the coffin of this team being a seller? Or will Julian Brisebois double down and go that much harder and be more aggressive to try and fill what is pretty clearly now at least two holes on their blue line? I don't know which way that's going to shake out, but I think the tough part for the Lightning is with the way that they've played this season, even with an all-world season from Nikita Kucherov, they're still just on the fringes of the playoffs. There's a couple teams nipping at their heels that are, you know, really essentially one win or two wins away from being in the mix. How aggressive will Tampa be in a year that they're just not up this, to the same echelon and caliber as everyone else? Or do you take the opposite view and say, all this team needs to do is get in. They could just as well make it through the East as anyone else. The other thing working against them, Frank, and all this, no first rounder this year, no first rounder next year, no second rounder this year. Like the, their prospect pool is far from thick, Frank, or far from deep, I should say. There's just nothing there for Breezebois to move, even if he wanted to go out and make a big splash. Like if anything, does this not give him the perfect excuse to say, hey, if we get in, we get in. I'm not going to add. And this is a good year to just keep my hands dry and start rebuilding back some of this capital. Well, when you don't have the assets, what's the alternative? How are you going to make trades to bring players in? How deep are you willing to dig in that pool to get there? And in a year in which there's a lot seemingly working against you, does it make sense to sort of nibble around the edges with mid-round picks, see if you can make little improvements here or there, and then roll the dice? I think that's how I'd play it. But he's also been... Certainly going back the last number of years, not just the two years that they won the cup, he's been incredibly aggressive. Tanner's, you know, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth round pick. Brandon Hagel, Nick Paul, like these are all guys that they've brought in and, and ultimately kept, not as rentals, but there's few teams that have been as aggressive and you can't always be in that posture. Yeah, I just think this is a perfect year to kind of say, hey, the excuse is made for me. Injuries have really racked up. We're fighting for a wild card spot. There's still a team that I wouldn't love matching up against in the first round of the playoffs regardless, but maybe a year for the Bolts to just step aside the Sergachev injury, maybe a nail in that coffin. Another interesting matchup last night in, uh, well, half in the Eastern Conference. It was out in Toronto, though, as the Maple Leafs hold on just barely to defeat the Dallas Stars. And what stands out for me, Frank, as we look at this little game recap here, the power play goes three for three. It was the big guns doing all of the scoring for Toronto. And in a way, that sums up their season. Like, I just, I look at this team, again, fifth on their on their team in scoring is Callie Yarncroft. Bertuzzi and Domi, two guys who are supposed to be this secondary layer of scoring, have combined for just as many goals as Yarncroft. Combined, Frank, some offseason bets aren't working, and it's a it was a good win last night for Toronto, an exciting one for the fans at Scotiabank Arena. But it was another one of those nights that leaves me walking away going, Frank, I think they're well more than a piece away from being a legit contender in the East. Oh, they're multiple pieces away. And, and much like the discussion with Tampa, after you've been so aggressive, you have no second rounders until 2027. You don't have a first round pick in 2025. You've got one this year, but 
here's here's my view on the Leafs. I think ultimately Brad True Living wants to help. He wants to add to this team to give this core a shot. But since he's light on assets, to me, the only way he moves the first round pick this year is if he's getting multiple pieces in return that can help fill some of those holes. And you look at their big four and and what they've accomplished. This team is where they are in the standings on the back of those players. I think they deserve to have more support. I think they also need a tad more trust in their bottom six from their coaching staff, who kind of seems to refuse to give them opportunity. And they need multiple pieces on their back end to be able to really be considered a true Stanley Cup contender. This is not the same team that has torn through regular seasons like they did the last few years in the Austin Matthews era. This is a team that is scuffling. And even in a game like last night, there are moments where you look at that team and say, there's something just a little bit off about this group. And how do you fix it? And can you do it in one 30-day period of time between today and the March 8th deadline? I'm skeptical of that which also leads me to be skeptical of just how aggressive they're going to be unless they can make some magic happen and and pull off a blockbuster. You know, there's probably going to be some hesitancy from them to move some of the big name prospects in their system and no second round pick this year in a way similar to Tampa where it's like what do you even have to move if you want to get hyper aggressive? That's the thing. You're dipping into what? Your first round pick, you're dipping into you know probably some prospects that you don't want to move. Like they're not moving Matt Nyes or Topi Niemela, like go, go through their list. Like it, it's not incredibly deep. And so if you're trying to keep those, your powder dry with those pieces, what else is there to really move? You have cap space for once, thanks to the John Klingberg LTIR situation. But short of that, like, you finally have cap space. You don't have the assets to spend. And the picture isn't going to be getting that much better or clearer aside from some of the names that are coming off the books because you have the Nylander contract extension that kicks in in the summer. Probably need some depth scoring. Probably need a D-man or two. Might be interested in a goaltender. Like the list At is- least two D-men. At least two D-men. There you go. The list is going on and on for a Leafs team that just... Hasn't really found any sort of consistency so far this season. Frank, last week we got the announcement that NHLers are going back to the Olympics. Today we got the announcement that Team USA has found their GM. Bill Guerin will be the man for Team USA who will look to deliver their first gold medal since 1960 in the 1980. last... 1980, sorry. Yeah, 1980. Uh, in easy, the last... easy. Yeah, I know. I couldn't, couldn't resist. Uh, in the last four Olympics with NHL participation... Team USA is meddled in three of them. It's just, you know, been two silvers and a bronze. But I think Garen is absolutely the right man for the job here. Do you see it a different way? No, I don't. This was really one of the most coveted jobs in hockey. And as Team Canada and Hockey Canada gets closer to naming an executive that will essentially be in charge of all of their national team uh, with NHL player, you know, development over the next number of years. And a lot of people believe that'll be Doug Armstrong. This spot was kind of Bill Guerin's to lose because he was picked to be the GM of the 2022 team in Beijing and never got to live that down because NHL players didn't go. So he had done a lot of the work already, had begun to put a staff together. And 
I think it's important to get out ahead of this if you're USA Hockey because you've got the Four Nations face-off. That's in one calendar month from this weekend, one calendar year from this weekend. And you have to name your first six players this summer. So you've got to get to work. Uh, every team must name their first six players this summer. So in some ways you think, okay, that's pretty easy. Like just check off a couple Hughes brothers, a couple Kachuk brothers and Austin Matthews and call it a day. But building out this team, no USA hockey general manager will have had as tough a job as Bill Guerin does because they've never had a talent pool like this to pick from. And it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Bill Guerin took over as GM of the wild back in 2019. He's a guy who's played in three Olympics for team USA as well. 98 02 and 06. I mentioned, you know, the last four Olympics with uh, NHL player participation have actually gone somewhat well for Team USA, but there's no denying this group they're going to have in 2026 for the Four Nations, then in, or sorry, in 2025 for the Four Nations, then in 2026 for the Olympics, Frank. Like, they've they've never had a roster with this much talent. You rattled off the sets of brothers that'll be able to make up potentially a power play unit for Team USA. Austin Matthews, even guys like JT Miller, and you, you can keep going down the list. A healthy Jack Eichel. How important is he to that, to that program? Like, this Connor is Hellebuck, cool. they've got the best goalies, arguably. Like, they're in a great spot. Yeah, and in the Olympics, you know, obviously we don't know what will happen with Russia. I think a lot of people just default to Canada being the favorite. But when you look at the goaltending difference too, like it, as a Canadian, you can very easily make the argument that the best roster on paper, just because of adding in that goaltending difference, it might be Team USA. That's where I'd lean now, but it's hard to argue against a Team Canada that can have Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, that could they could throw those two guys at those three guys at you on the on one line, let alone maybe that's part of their top six. It it will be fascinating to see. And I like this is just starting to think about the rosters. Like it already gets your juices flowing a year out. Yeah, I've been seeing people doing the exercise on Twitter, like down a goal late in the game. Who are they putting out? And the team USA one we just kind of joked about. But like, can you imagine head coach of Team Canada just goes up and down the bench and says, okay. McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon, McCarr. Oh, yeah, Connor Bedard. You want to be the extra attacker? Like, hop over there. Like, it, it'd be insane to watch these two go head-to-head. -head. Uh, let's get back to a little bit of trade talk. Frank, we're going to break down your new trade targets list in a bit, but I tasked our listeners with uh, giving us some trade proposals. I want to float your way and get a little who says no. So we'll start with this from, from K-Man. Frank, I'll, I'll go first. I think this is a crazy overpayment, but they said Hannafin to the Leafs for a first plus Easton Cowan, plus Minton with the caveat that the Flames take some money back to make it work. Too much or in the right range? Too much. You're basically taking from the Leafs outside of Matt Nye's, their two top prospects and a first-round pick, which, yes, there'd probably be some confidence if the Leafs were making a move like this that they'd be re-signing him. That'd be the given, right? Eight times 7.5. But that said, you're also completely neutering the future of your franchise, and you're going to need guys contributing on entry-level deals. And I just, I think it's too much. Yeah, I agree. I have no idea if K-Man is a Flames fan or a Leafs fan. Based on that, I'm going to guess Flames fan. That is a lot to give up for a potential rental at the deadline. The next one here is from Hugh, who wants the Winnipeg Jets to stay active. He says they get 10 of at 50% retained for a second rounder, Montreal second rounder in 2024, and Logan Stanley. Frank, this the right range? Who says no? 
No, I think this is the right range. Montreal's second round pick this year should be quite high. It's going to be one of the best second round picks that Calgary could potentially get their hands on. I could see Tanev working well in Winnipeg. They obviously know his brother, so they, they would know the family. And the 50% retain part makes sense and the reason to pay the premium. And then I've been advocating all along the Flames need pieces that could potentially help them in the here and now. And I'm not convinced that Logan Stanley is that guy, but I'd sure want to try and find out. And for the Jets, they'd have a log jam on D that they'd have to probably put someone on waivers. So if you're going to lose him on waivers anyway, I like that. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improves definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist visit juvederm.com that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com not for people with severe allergic reactions allergies to lidocaine or the proteins used in juvederm common side effects include injection site redness swelling pain tenderness firmness lumps bumps bruising discoloration or itching there's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities blindness stroke temporary scabs or scarring talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I think that that'd be a home run for both teams. You mentioned the New York Rangers on the DFO rundown. I think you said they could be looking for some forward help. Frank, uh, here's a name we haven't talked about a lot, but it's Jordan Eberly in Seattle. Eberly at 50% retained, late round pick. New York sends a second, a fifth, and prospect Matthew Robertson. What do you make of the idea of Eberly being available? And also, who says no to this proposal? Yeah, I don't really have any line of sight on Seattle and what they're thinking. I think the Kraken are one of the true mysteries of this deadline. I see a world in which St. Louis, Nashville, Arizona, all these teams sell off. And that kind of opens up the door for Seattle to squeak through and be the eighth seed. Are they content just sort of being what they are? Or will they really push to try and move someone like Everly, who um, has fit well there and I think has enjoyed being part of the Kraken? But I could see being someone that's like, hey, let me chase the Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, someone in the chat. Everly was ran out of Edmonton for bad playoffs. I mean, go look at the numbers, or if you watch the games, he's been a good playoff performer, or he was last year for the Seattle Crack, and even before that for the Islanders for a bit. He's not a bad playoff performer. Yeah, that and obviously being familiar with the New York area, that probably, you know, he'd have some comfort maybe going back there. 
All right, last one I got for you, Frank, will be quick here. I think the Carolina Hurricanes could use a goalie. So does the NHL bro who says Canes get Vimelka, Coyotes take back Ranta, get a pair of second round picks for Veggie as well. Who says no? The the Coyotes. Ooh, really? Uh, they, I don't think they, so my understanding about Vimelka is they love the way that Ingram's played this year, but they think this is a two goalie league. And it's hard to get your hands on guys that you really trust, let alone when you have them on decent contracts. Um, these picks coming back are intriguing, but look how many, look how many picks the Yotes already have in that range. I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm going, it's it's great. Like volume is good. They're just more bullets, more ammo, but they've got. 10 second round picks over the next three drafts. Do they really need two more? Like you need two more, like a hole in your head. But it would also be hilarious if there was one year where they had like eight second round picks and just like every third selection was just the Yotes coming up and be like, all right, but we're you up. Can't, it's, it's great to have that. And I, I'm, I enjoy the vision and the joke, but you cannot, first off, you can't even sign that many players on your reserve list with 50 men of the 50 man contract limit, let alone, like trying to to get everyone into a lineup at the same time makes no sense. They have to start trading away some of the picks they already have. Yeah, they do. Uh, all right, there you go. Who says no? Fun time with everybody. Thanks for hop or throwing your suggestions out on Twitter. We'll run that back another time, at least before the deadline. But for now, let's get into some real trade talk with uh, the new edition of Trade Targets and Icebreakers. Icebreakers is delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Dash that for the win. It's Thursday. You're ba- it's basically Friday. Mail it in tonight. Don't cook. Let DoorDash do that for you. Uh, Frank, let's get into this new trade targets list up now at dailyfaceoff.com. The Calgary Flames continue to dominate this thing. It's Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev in the one and two spots. We just did a couple of mock trades for those two. Uh, Is it a lock that the Flames move on from both of these guys in the next month? Not a lock, certainly on Noah Hannafin. And here's the reason why I put him at number one. They've already offered him everything that he wanted. An eight-year deal believed to be worth $60 million at seven and a half per. He got cold feet. The Flames were waiting at the end of the aisle, and he just never showed up, didn't put pen to paper. And so while... Talks have remained ongoing and they're expected to get some sort of answer this week as to what direction things go with Hannafin. The truth is until he puts pen to paper, he's not signed there. And until then he's going to remain at number one on our board because he is far and away the most impactful rental defenseman that's available on the market. And if he does go, then the Flames have the market cornered on defense because you know the number of teams that are salivating to get Chris Tanev. He is a near lock to be moved, but Hannafin is not in the same category. It's just that there's really no caliber of defenseman available at this exact moment in time that's really even close to Hannafin. A couple of new names in your top 10, but one that slid all the way up into the top five, and that is Philadelphia Flyers centerman Scott Lawton, a guy who can do a lot of things that contenders like, and he comes with term as well. Frank, how serious is the interest in him, and I guess how serious is Philly about potentially moving on from him? 
I think it's been pretty serious. And I think if the Flyers get a price that they feel comfortable with as much as they are totally fine keeping him, that you could certainly see Scott Lawton moving on. And, you know, you look at his ice time this year, that to me is a big indicator. It's down more than three minutes from last season. And, you know, he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to be putting up 50 plus points for you every year. He doesn't have, uh, he's not going to put together a season like you're getting from Sean Monahan right now. But because of the term that he has and because of the deal that the, the Flyers just saw the Montreal Canadiens get with Monaghan, I think they're sitting here looking at it going, if we could get a first-round pick for him, that'd probably be the trigger point at which we begin to make something happen because as good as Lawton is, there's certainly room for other younger players to get more ice time. And beyond that, you see certain games where his ice time dwindles a bit under John Tortorella, and you say, well, is he there for the long haul? Does that make sense for the Flyers to continue moving forward as big of a piece as he has been? There was a lot of interest in Scott Lawton two years ago at the deadline, I, or maybe three. It's three years ago now, 2021, and it came right down to the wire. Were the Flyers going to keep him or trade him? They ended up extending him on a five-year deal. He's now three years into that. He has two remaining, and when you consider if you're one of these other teams that's been out there, Monaghan for a first for eight to 10 weeks of service or Scott Lawton for a first for this year plus two additional years of service at a relatively, um, you know, suitable cap hit, three million bucks a year. You could see why a bunch of teams have been interested. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next one I got for you. Staying in the top 10, Pavel Buchnevich. And you had the line in the story up at the site. One of the more unheralded point per game players in the league. And you kind of read that, shake your head and go, holy crap, he is a point per game player, Frank. If the Blues decide to move on from this guy, I know his cap hits a little bit high, but what contender doesn't want to add a big body who can produce the way Buchnevich has produced? At 5.8 million, his cap hit is a bargain. Yeah. I it mean, it just means trading for him to fit him in. That's the hard part or harder part, but there's lots of resources and options available to chop it up if you wanted to. And he has one additional year left on his deal. I don't even think you need to, I think he's that good. And the stat line that makes people's eyes pop is 182 points and 183 career games as a blue. That is rather significant. And I think what the Blues are noticing and really what teams have given me in terms of feedback of guys that could potentially move, they're they're looking at the Blues roster saying, Doug Armstrong got him from New York Rangers because they weren't willing to pay him as a restricted free agent. He only gave up a second-round pick to do it. Is he really going to sign up to pay Buchnevich, who will be 30 when the deal starts, on a long-term deal that probably has him somewhere in the $8 million a year neighborhood based on this production? The answer a lot of teams think is no. And beyond that, when it comes to looking at Buchnevich this year, everyone sees the interest that's been there in Jake Gensel. If I were to, you know, Jake Gensel has the playoff, you know, track record, all those things. But if, if we were to remove the names and just put their production there, Jake Gensel is a notch above, but how different is he really in terms of what you're ultimately going to get at the end of the day? And how, you know, could you get this player for potentially less than whatever Gensel goes, goes for? Or more to the point and why it's intriguing for now is what happens if the Penguins don't move Gensel? 
does Buchnevich then suddenly become the key difference maker up front that teams could seize upon at the deadline? Yeah, and I'm seeing a comment here. Where's Gensel in the top 10? And you have him all the way down at 30. Is it you can be quick of this simply because he's not available yet? He isn't. The The Penguins are one win away in points percentage from being in the playoffs. Their mission and mandate is to get in, and the East is wide open. They're not going to make a decision on Jake Gensel until they absolutely have to, whether they're that far out or um, they get down to the wire and there may be a few points out if that's still the case. Then they're going to have a real choice to make. But for right now, Jake Gensel, not available. All right, there you go. A look into a couple of defensemen at the top of the list and a handful of interesting forwards as you work your way down. You can catch the full list over at dailyfaceoff.com. That is a wrap on today's edition of Icebreakers. Dash that for the win and use that promo code NATION25. Moving along to our Daily Faceoff inbox question. Hashtag AskDFO. It is brought to you by tourism jasper valentine's day is coming up maybe you're in alberta there's no better spot to take your significant other than maybe a nice mountain cabin for a romantic getaway plenty of things going on in the next little bit over at jasper including some cool events around family day you can check them out online jasper.travel frank department of player safety was a little bit busy yesterday they gave brendan Dillon a three-game suspension for this hit on noel achari frank your question the three-game suspension is blank Three-game suspension is too much. I would say that, first off, I didn't have a problem with this hit, period. I don't think he picks the head here. And more than that, um, I I think his angle was fine. Some people didn't like, and as the Department of Player Safety pointed out, that he takes a sort of east-west approach to get there. Um, But he doesn't stick his arm out, and... I I thought the punishment in game was harsh enough with him getting the five minute major and being tossed that I would have thought in this case that that would count for something. And he's probably looking at one game, but once you get to three and then you compare it to, um, to the most recent suspension uh, with the chicken wing, Brendan Gallagher, I'm like, that's five and that's three. Like that's a hockey play at least. Yeah. This is where the department of player safety starts to lose me. Yeah. I, I'm with you hundred percent. The comparison of three to five and those two hits and the danger in those two hits, the difference, I just, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, not a question, but I wanted to give a shout out to rusty. Cause he made me laugh in the YouTube chat. He's one of our daily listeners from Utah. Frank, he says, don't trade Vimelka, Arizona. He's saying Vimelka and Ingram. He wants that duo next year. Mm. Well, he might get it in salt Lake. Uh, all right, let's move along to our daily bets brought to you by Batano. I did nail my one pick yesterday. It was the Leafs on the money line. They barely managed to hold on on home ice. Couple of picks on a busy-er night tonight in the NHL, starting with the classic shop prop parlay. Noah Hannafin came through for me earlier in the week. He has hit this number in eight of his last 10. Charlie McAvoy has been one of my favorites, and it's easy to see why. He has hit this number of over one and a half in 11 of his last 12 games you play these two together it is a very nice plus 143 on the shop prop parlay and my one straight play for tonight is the winnipeg jets to beat the philadelphia flyers this is a game that's going down 
in Philly. And, you know, usually teams better on home ice. Not the case with the Philadelphia Flyers. Straight up, they are 11 and 14 at home this year. The Jets on the road straight up are 14 and 9. So I'm getting a good road team against a subpar home team. The Jets on a bit of a run right now as well. Or sorry, they've lost back to back. So they're looking to get right. I like the Jets. Minus 139 on the money line as they head to Philly. Shout out to Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Wrapping things up with a little garbage time. Brought to you by Wendy's and the Bacon Portobello Mushroom Milk. Back for a limited time. You can order it today at Wendy's or on the Wendy's app. Frank, what do you got? Well, there was a big kerfuffle as Jonathan Quick has made three consecutive starts. And everyone in New York, goalie controversy. Look at this. Quick is playing so well, and you look at these two guys side by side here, and you're like, are, are we sure we didn't swap the two on the graphic that it's really Shesterkin that would have the 919 this year? But everyone knows that he struggled, and he's getting some time off. First off, I'm all for it. The number one priority for the New York Rangers should be to try and get Igor Shesterkin right. They tried to play the wheels off of him to get him into a flow. That didn't help. Now here's the other alternative, which is to take a break and get and work on your game with Benoit Allaire, their goalie coach. Love it. What I don't love is the idea of, you know, there's some talk. Oh, this Look at this goalie controversy. Look at how Peter Laviolette handles goalies. There's no question here as to who the long-term answer is for the New York Rangers. 37-year-old Jonathan Quick, a renaissance season. One of the most impressive comeback seasons that we've seen in the NHL in the last decade. But when the playoffs roll around, I don't think the idea that we're having three consecutive starts from Jonathan Quick right now, even though the NHL should be a meritocracy that anyone thinks it's going to be anyone other than Igor Shesterkin when the games matter most. So just cool to talk on the goaltending controversy. I don't think we're anywhere close to that. And beyond that, I'm a big believer in Shesterkin that he can find himself again. There you go. Garbage time brought to you by Wendy's in the daily face-off survivor pool. That is a wrap on today's edition of the show. We're back tomorrow with our boy, Stephen Ellis and the next wave. And of course, a little bit more trade talk. We'll chat with you on Friday at noon Eastern. See y'all. Thanks for tuning in to daily face-off live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.